people of the world. This is the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Tune in each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, as we give voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. You can also get more of us by watching The Brothers Talk Show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Uh, happy hello to the Brothers Talk family, and welcome back to our quest to keep the focus on Black economic empowerment and critical thinking. We always appreciate your time and your comments and for helping to continue to grow the Brothers Talk family by spreading the word. If you're new to the podcast, glad you could join us and check out our national campaign, Relaunching Black Wall Street Nationwide, with the emphasis on taking control of our communities one household at a time, with each and every one of us doing our part to support and launch Black businesses. And if you're on Facebook, check out our groups with over 4,000 members, including hashtag Black Dollars Matter and relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide with hundreds of stories of Black entrepreneurs and Black success stories. And just a reminder, the COVID-19 pandemic is still not over. So if you haven't gotten your vaccination, be sure to get it. And if you have, then encourage others to do the same as we try to adjust to a sense of the new normal. And by the way, if you're a parent, guardian, educator, there's also our newest Facebook group, Black Parent University, that focuses on bringing Black parents and educators together to help advocate for our kids and their parents in dealing with an educational system that continues to fail our children when they need it the most. That's Black Parent University on Facebook. And finally, check out the hour-long The Brothers Talk Show airing Saturday and Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on the TV streaming service M24 News. And now my brother's in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Hey, family. We want to thank you for your continued continued support. But what we really need you to do, we need you to be vigilant. There's a Memorial Day holiday weekend. And so we don't need you to get complacent going out there and trying to mimic people who don't look like us and not be safe and wear your mask. So go out there, support each other, have a good time, but be safe. And uh, I want to follow Scott here because this is all about the health of our community. And um, forget the virus, but I just read an article on AIDS in our community, and it's still a major problem. 42% of the new AIDS cases are in our community. We have to take care of our health. If we don't take care of that, if we don't have health, we have nothing. Right? Today, we're tackling a serious subject that once again goes underappreciated in our community, the Black community and why we're glad to have a forum to do what we do, which is bringing attention to these kinds of issues. As our longtime listeners know, we have a standing concern about the health of our people, and we've done several shows featuring healthcare professionals with a focus on holistic and natural health that emphasizes treating the underlying cause as well as the symptoms of disease. And now we're going to shine the spotlight on mental health care because let's be honest, family, we've been way too quick over the years to stigmatize mental health problems, whether it was trying to hide or ignore these situations that are present in every family or assigning it a spiritual concern, 
we've been way too lax in addressing what is simply another part of our overall health profile. And why this is especially troubling is when you think about it, with all that we as a people have had and continue to endure in every facet of society, well, late great Marvin Gaye said, make me want to holler. And Grandmaster Fly said, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. And even the recently departed DMX said, y'all going to make me lose my mind, which are all song lyrics. But there's a valid reason why they resonate with everyone at every level of our community. You cannot exist within this world as a black person and not know the mental pressures that are a constant of everyday life. That's at home, at work, at play, and even at church. And no matter who you are, Barack and Michelle Obama look much older today than their years. And yes, the presidency ages you, but being black in the White House also took its toll. So we have a very special guest who's going to do what we do and open up the dialogue and discussion about this most relevant topic. Chutney Drew is the owner and founder of Counseling with Intention in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she shares that it's her joy as a therapist to walk with people in their journey to change and tap into their unlimited potential. She's a licensed clinical mental health counselor and a national certified counselor. She holds a master's degree in mental health counseling from Baruch College and is a proud member of the American Counseling Association. Chutney has eight years of experience working with adolescents, young adults, adults, couples, and families in both intensive outpatient and private practice setting. She specializes in helping women struggling with singleness, work-life balance, and in all the stages of motherhood. She also works with men battling generational trauma and addressing toxic masculinity. Additionally, she helps young adults struggling with the transition to adulthood and college students with their concerns related to their future, anxiety, and depression. And if that isn't a solid enough service offering, Chudney also helps couples and families restore security to their relationship, marriage, or family. In founding Counseling with Intention, her intent as a therapist is to provide a safe space for her clients to be seen and heard, and even when their past pain or life experience have them convinced that they aren't worthy. So we're proud to have her as a guest, and in full transparency, she's also my cousin. So welcome, Chudney. And before we get started, please say hello to the Brothers Talk family. Hello, Brothers Talk family. I am so excited to be here. Great. So I said uh, quite a bit in opening up the topic, so feel free to take up or take issue with anything that I share. Well, I do want to share that when it comes to the stigma within the African-American community, I do. It's valid. It is absolutely valid. Even when mental health counseling, there's a taboo about going to see a therapist. There's so many myths associated with it. Oh, you're you're crazy if you're going to seek counseling. It's for rich white people. It's um, where you're just literally talking to someone. But I think all of those various stigmas, they're valid. And the reason why they're valid is because it's based upon years upon years, centuries even, of physical, emotional, sexual abuse that African-Americans have endured in our country. So the myths are simply a trauma response. So whenever I hear, um, whether it's family, whether it's friends, and whether it's people in my community that share their feedback on why they have not sought mental health counseling, I simply listen. I don't get into convince mode. It's more about listening to their stories, what their concerns are, what their misconceptions are, because that's valid. 
And I think that at the end of the day, people want to be seen and heard. And what better way than to do that when it comes to talking about mental health counseling is to hear their stories and their misconceptions or myths or what their th- their thoughts are about mental health counseling. You know, I often wonder why is it that black people don't go or don't seek mental health therapy? I'm, I'm wondering, is it because they're, I know there's all these taboos. Is it because they don't know how to or they're in denial? I mean, it's evident with what we see in communities like Chicago, Compton, where there's a lot of gang banging, where people are, uh, seem to be, they're just murdering people at will, and they seem to be, it's acceptable now in our society. It seems to be okay for black people to kill each other. And we see a lot of behaviors, I see a lot of behaviors in our communities that just aren't normal. And I say to myself all the time, and I say to my friends, you know, there are a lot of people in our communities who need some counseling. They need help. So do you think it's because, I know it's taboo, uh, is it because they are in denial that they need counseling or they don't know how to seek counseling? And how do we break this cycle? How do we get people to go and start getting help? Well, I think it's a combination of all what you said, right? It's the, it's denial. If a person may not know, and it could be based upon like their conditioning. If you grew up in a family that did not advocate or support mental health counseling, you are nine times out of 10, as you enter into adulthood or at any various point in your life, you may not, you may feel the same way, or there may be a sense of fear associated with the unknown. And so when it comes to uh, why so many of us within the African American are not seeking mental health counseling, it's a combination of all of that. And that particularly when it comes to denial, but that denial is rooted in what I think is our trauma that we've endured. And as I shared before, it makes total sense, right? And if we think about like, if we take a step back and think about how mental health counseling has entered like the, the our um, periphery when it comes to getting like the help that we need uh, in the African-American community, we've been tested on, we've been not to our advantage, right, within like the, the, the science-like field. So there will be a sense of fear. Can I trust this person with my story, even if that person looks like me, right? Like, can I trust that person? Because in the past, we have not fared very well in that regard when it comes to like testing, even in in the world of psychology, it was created by white people for white people. And so I, I do think that like as we begin to be, become more educated, as we begin to be more knowledgeable about mental health counseling, we can th- give ourselves permission to seek guidance in other forms other than say via the church or within like our own family circle. But I do think that it's it can be an unrealistic expectation for us to expect with others within our community to seek mental health counseling when it has not been a part of our family of origin, whether it's been like talked about like within our community. 
Right. So the more we talk about it, the more it becomes literally a part of the DNA of conversations within like the African-American community. That is when it can be normalized and people can, uh, even if they go into it with the fear, they're still walking by that blind faith that, hey, I know like my cousin saw it because we talked about it at the family reunion. Or I know my aunt like sought counseling and she seemed to benefit from it when we were having like a Sunday like dinner. Right. Like the more you talk about it. Oh, yeah. Like I was just reading in the paper like this new uh, this black psychologist. She started like this foundation to help with mental health counseling, uh, being an advocate within the south side of like Charlotte. You know, I think once you start like having those broad based conversations within like whether it's your family, within your community and serving as an ally, Hey, like, what do you guys think about like mental health counseling? Like, what do you think about seeing a therapist? Have you sought a therapist? And if you have, share your experience of what that was like. I think the more we begin to do that, and I know you mentioned about like um, a Chicago, I mean, the the murder rate, black on black, black crime is year after year after year, it skyrockets. You got like the gangs in Compton, South Central, like L.A. You have the gang activity all over. And you think like, oh, my God, this cannot be normal. But again, like it goes back to you can't seek what you don't know. And that's not a part of your environment. You know, we suffer from PTSD Hmm. because of our treatment in this country, you know, since day one. What do you think about making that a part of a reparations package? giving our community special access to counseling? Well, I think it's valid. And I think that any plan that is specific to African-Americans, whether there's reparations, whether it is any type of like civil rights, I do think a mental health component needs to be a part of it. And I think that's my, why more mental health professionals, African-American mental health professionals should be a part of that conversation. So it's great to have like a diverse mix of people on your committee, panel, board, whomever, but that is a part of the mental health community that is well-versed on PTSD, that's well-versed on generational trauma, that's well-versed on anxiety and depression within the African-American community as a result of the trauma that we have faced in this country. But first, being able to seek out those mental health counselors and, and we're here. And I think that's, and, and actually it brings me to a, a, a point that I wanted to make. I was listening to a podcast about two years ago and it stuck with me and it actually prompted me to be more vocal and use my voice when it comes to speaking up and letting people in our community know that they can seek mental health counseling. The, one of the myths is that there are very few black professional and licensed mental health practitioners. And that is simply just not true. There are, um, we, we are here. They, you, and we are on directories, psychology today, good therapy, black female therapists that are licensed who have gone into, have received their, uh, credentials, a master's degree level doctorate degree level who can provide competent and cultural uh, mental health counseling. And so 
Jeffrey, what are the, some of the obvious signs that can indicate that it's time to consider therapy? And uh, how do we go about finding qualified therapists? Because as I mentioned earlier, there are too many church folk, pastors included, who tell folks that they just need to pray about it or pray harder. And as a minister myself, I'm saying we need to do better. Right. Well, for your first question, when it comes to how would an individual know that perhaps counseling may be, um, they may be ready to start a, their counseling journey. I think that anything that impacts your quality of life, your daily living is a sign that it may be time to seek counseling. And what that can look like is if you have a, a sad mood 10 hours out of the day, or it's hard for you to concentrate at work, or if you see yourself in relationship after relationship that doesn't work out, that leaves you uh, broken, feeling broken, depleted, sad, if it's difficult for you to um, communicate with other people, uh, if you anything that you know drains your spirit and it keeps draining your spirit, that may be when you may need to seek counseling. Or if you have like, a, a, it can be as simple as you're wanting to uh, talk about a career change. Even something like that can be processed in the counseling-like setting. Um, and that's one of the things that when I meet with potential like clients and they'll say, well, I'm not quite sure like if I need counseling or not, like, oh, I don't really know if I, I have the time or if I want to like really invest in this. And I always share that that's the beauty of counseling, where this is one of the few places where it's simply all about you. From the moment you walk through my door, it is simply about you. Because as we evolve throughout life, there's very little things that belong to us, particularly African-American women. We begin to prioritize others more so than ourselves, whether it's our husbands, children, friends, family. And not to say that that can happen to African-American men as well. But one thing about counseling, it can give you the opportunity to focus on yourself. It can give you the opportunity to make any type of change that you are wanting to implement in your life. And it can help you heal from any type of trauma. So when it comes to seeking mental health counseling to close it out, you can use that as a safe space to share what your innermost thoughts, your feelings are that you may be afraid to say out loud, not only to yourself, but to other people as well. I have clients who say, I think that I want to leave my marriage. I think that I am not a good mother. I think that I'm going to repeat the same mistake as my dad. And these are like th their innermost thoughts that they cannot verbalize and articulate to anyone. But counseling can be that safe space where they can do that. I know you mentioned that there were a lot of reasons that African-Americans don't seek counseling. And this is a complex subject, you know, with multi-layers to it. But if you had to pick one reason what would you say was the number one reason that people use black people for not seeking counsel? They don't want to be labeled as being crazy. No, they don't want to be labeled. And I think that's a part of like the human experience. We want to be more alike than different. And just the stigma that mental health counseling has associated with it is that I am crazy. 
only crazy people go to counseling. And my response to that is pain is universal. Trauma is universal, right? It's not just because you're crazy. It's because you're simply wanting to relieve yourself of pain and suffering that you have endured year after year after year. And also the thing about competent counseling is that in my practice, I don't pathologize my clients because if I did, I wouldn't be able to see them. And that's what I always share with a potential client who has never sought counseling and who has like misconceptions or fear about starting their counseling journey is that they are worthy of having their story um, heard and told. And that does not make them crazy. If anything, that means that they are, that's the the highest form of self-care that you can have is when you recognize when something is higher, bigger than yourself and that you're needing to seek that uh, guidance and from a healthcare, a mental health care professional. But it's always, am I crazy? Um, you know, is this the craziest thing you've heard? I get every single time I get that. So after, particularly after the first session, oh, I know this is the craziest thing you probably ever heard, right? Like, do you think I'm crazy? How often do we need to come based upon what they shared? And because they're expecting judgment. And that judgment could have been rooted in what they may have heard from their family, what may they have heard from like their church. And that's where there is no judgment. It's simply in a space in which I'm witnessing and observing what you've just shared with me. And that's what I always try to actually provide that sense of comfort to let them know that they are not crazy. You're not crazy for seeking mental health counseling. You're not crazy for being anxious about your child driving by themselves, your black son driving by themselves as they're, you know, out in, in the world. You're not crazy for your, your kid going to a all white school and fearing for what that can look like as far as like socially and emotionally on, on them. You're not crazy. You're not, you're not crazy because you're depressed about the state of black America. You're not crazy, uh, depressed about watching a man be murdered on television uh, multiple times over and over again, nine minutes of like trauma. That doesn't make you crazy. That simply makes you human. My church has an annual mental health day every year. They invite professionals in from the county and on all over to speak to uh, the congregation and any visitors that, that may come in. And up until this discussion, I always thought that was a waste of time. But mm-hmm. you've shown me just talking about it is a big step. Right. It's just simply having the conversation about it. Because think about like the conversations that we have in our respective families with our children. We teach them to, oh, be kind, be nice. Hey, what did you do today? Like, what did you, how was school? You know, how was your work day? Why not say, how are you feeling today? I would love to hear nothing more than how you felt about going to school. How did you feel about interacting with your coworkers, your colleagues, tapping into the feeling, normalizing mental health counseling, because it's rooted in how our, what our experiences, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, our behaviors. We can make it a part of our conversation. And it doesn't have to be like such charged in the sense that, oh, wow, we're going to talk about like mental health counseling. No, how are you feeling? Not what you're thinking, but tell me how are you feeling? Are you sad? 
Do you feel rejected? Do you feel um, angry? Do you feel frustrated? Normalizing feelings. So when a person is feeling stressed or overwhelmed, they feel so free to talk about it to their family members. And that's when the family members can know what they're own uh, experiences and you all can talk about it and say, oh, wow, I noticed that you've been feeling sad for like the past couple of weeks. Okay. All right. How can I support you? Is there something I can do? I can like reach, I can, you know, do an online search. Maybe it's time to talk to a counselor. And again, look at that approach versus, you know what? You've been too sad. Have you been to church? Did you talk to the Lord yet? You're just not praying hard enough. You know, that's some of the things that I've heard in my practice when it comes to what has prevented a person from seeking mental health counseling earlier on, um, actually like sooner rather than later. All right. And well, there you have it. And thanks to our counseling therapist, Chadi Drew, for all your insights. And as we said, we want to push the conversation out into the community. And we definitely need to have you back on a regular basis to keep the subject current. We wish you much success and good luck with your practice. And please keep us updated on what we need to communicate to the Brothers Talk family about mental health care. Our Black Positive Business Experience of the Week is for the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre. The New York Times has released an interactive experience called What the Tulsa Massacre Destroyed that takes viewers through the streets of a digitally created an historically accurate Greenwood neighborhood demonstrating the destruction that the massacre created. It's very timely for the Memorial Day holiday that we remember the dozens of Black Wall Streets and Black massacres all across the country and honor those who perished as well as those who survived. So thanks again to all of the Brothers Talk family. Remember to check out the hour-long The Brothers Talk show airing Saturday and Sunday on the TV streaming service M24 News at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Remember, if you have an idea for a show or you want to share your thoughts, let us know. Don't forget to follow us, The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and like our Facebook page. And a quick reminder that if you also want to share more of your thoughts with us and The Brothers Talk family, there's The Brothers Talk group on Facebook. And you can also get more information by reaching out to us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. God bless you all for your time and your support. And you always have our absolute commitment that we'll never take it or you for granted. So remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.